All right. So we'll start with you going there and then check the question out. Give me your realist, idealist, your your best case scenario pick at 14. Jermaine Johnson from uh, Florida State. Yes, sir. Why? reason why I say that is because of the fact that it's just the most complete thing that we could get for the just for Mike McDonald because we don't really know what he's going to, you know, you know, either a 4-3 over even or just a 4-3 period or a 3-4. He allows a lot of flexibility, you know, at the ass rush due to the fact that we're just uh, a little short man. And then also just him and Owey, I feel like would be a great pairing due to just the versatility of both of them. All right. Next up, Kev. Uh, at 14, for me, I will go Johnson. But uh, I'm going to just go to support Lamar. I- I'll go with with uh, Traylon Burks. That's what I'm going to go with at 14. Tell me why. I feel like he'll take our, our offense over the top. I feel like he's the missing piece. Uh, we've been trying to figure that out with Miles Boykin and Sammy over the years. And I just think, you know, it's an offense-driven league, and the way the AFC going in our division, they got a lot of weapons, and, you know, I just want to keep pace and get as much weapons as I can for my quarterback. Feel you, feel you. Uh, Jamil? Yeah, um, I've been back and forth with with, with uh, the 14th pick. Of course, um, you know, a lot of it's a lot of different directions the Ravens can go, um, offense or defense. Uh, for me, personally, like Ken said, it's an offensive-driven league. Uh, so you want to get Lamar <clears throat> as much hope as possible. But I feel like um, you could get a guy like Jermaine Johnson at 14. Uh, get the, he could really bring something to your defense um, that that could provide that 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 pressure and that pass rush to get to the quarterback. Because we've seen in the Super Bowl how um, dominant pass rushing how that, you know, factors into the changing of a game. So we've seen what happened in the Super Bowl with the Bengals and the Rams and, you know, and not saying that Jermaine Johnson is Aaron Donald, but, you know, impact players make impact plays in certain uh, certain situations that I feel like, you know, we need those type of plays. And I feel like Adolfo Owe needs a running mate. Him and Adolfo Owe would be insane together. Mm-hmm. Insane. Um, yeah, so that's that's my – Two. Uh, I'm gonna be different, and I'm gonna say Andrew Booth Jr. would be the pick for me at 14, just because Andrew Booth Jr. is like a prototypical Ravens pick, and you see the last probably five to ten years when they built the secondary, they always have at least a top five to ten type of defense, and I feel it'll help. It'll make a big impact on the uh, team right away. Gotcha. And I got my last name right here. I don't have a name by nine one seven. Who is it? So I got oh, it. Okay. I just I needed to put a name in. Go ahead, answer the question. Who would be your best the ideal like the perfect pick at fourteen? Mm, so honestly, I depending on how the boards fall, it's looking like I I hate to be the one to pick with everyone else, but this is Jermaine Johnson for me. So like what what the way the Ravens like have their like basically edge setup, they like to have like a big edge guy to play the run day one. So the main, when we when we drafted Owe, we uh the number one like 
calamity. They were saying, like, hey, we love Owe right now because he can play the one, run day one. And as a speed rusher, you need something to pair with that. And I feel like Jermaine Johnson will be an excellent run defender on early downs, and he can um, come in day one and, and be able to play. Uh, don't um, and I I tend to forget about this guy. And I don't know how good or bad he is because he didn't play much last year. But the um, I think the Hayes guy from Notre Dame is still there too. If not correct, he was a rookie last year. Yeah. And I, I I liked him coming out of uh, college, but I don't know, you know he didn't play at all this year for the most part. So I don't know if his skill set gonna get back to what I thought it would be, or he may be on that bus train. But that's still a name we we forget when we talk about edge people. But for me, it's Cross. If you know, I know it's unrealistic to think we might get uh, Neil or um uh, or, or what's the other kid? Iquano. Iquano, and I think Cross is the the best possible draft for us at fourteen. But if and, and if and I'm sure they know something we don't. If Stanley's healthy enough to go, I wouldn't even go. I go defense because the defense hurting over there too. But Stanley's key to all this. I'm moving on to yeah, the I second think- question. Um, trade up or trade back? What's your thoughts on it and why? I'll start with you, Bob. Cause we know y'all te- a lot of y'all team F them picks, so let's 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 see your your, your logic behind yeah, it. You started with me, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm always gonna be team traded back because I feel like right right now in the teams, if it can, if, if if a run on receivers go or or offensive linemen, we're gonna be stuck in an awkward position where. You you have value at fourteen, but at the same time, it, it'll be better to trade back and start getting more depth because, like, let's let's say um top three tackles go, top three edge guys go, Stingley and um Sauce go, and London and Burks. So now you're sitting there at fourteen, like, damn, I could take a Linderbaum right now, or I can trade with a team that want, really wants that third wide receiver off the board, like a Jameson Williams. Mm-hmm. They're, they're willing to give me the value. Like let's say the Bills want to um, take that value there, so they're going to give you um, a fir- their first and second, or even the Packers, for example. They they want to replace um, of Adams, so they're going to want to do that as well. So I'm 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 team traded back. All right, Kev. Um, I'm a I'm an aggressive type, so I'm gonna go trade up. If uh if Thibodeau falls out of the top three, then I I'll trade up and go get him. Or if Stingley's in the uh, from if either Thibodeau or I, I I we was thinking that Stingley was gonna be possible for us, but I think he, he locked himself down with the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a hundred percent. I agree with you a hundred percent, Coach, on um the Ronnie Stanley situation. Now, if Stanley was up in the air. I trade up for Cross or one of those tackles um, or Quanu or any one of them. I try to trade up for, but I think Stanley might be okay. And then we got Moses on the right side. Then we still got Jawan James coming back, so I'll kind of bump out the tackle spot. But I will go either a pass rusher with Tibbs or Stingley. I trade up for one of those two. Cool. And if we had, if they had a, a, a surefire top five to seven receiver in this draft, I mean. I'm a receiver guy, so I would love to just if, – if it was one of those guys, I would love to trade up for that. But obviously it's not one of those, so I would just go with Tibbs or Stingley. Gotcha. Uh, Zeke? Uh, for me, man, um, I'm, I'm team trade back. Um, I've been, been very vocal about 
trading back. I feel like um, the Ravens in a position where, you know, that board may fall um, fairly odd at 14. I think the rate 14 is a great spot to be in, but it's also a weird spot to be in because the players that would be on our board at 14 will, be, will get picked before we they get to us. If that makes any sense. So I feel like um, at that point, man, uh, if we're not looking to take a receiver at 14, because I'm going to be honest, but I know people want to get Lamar weapons. I don't think we're – I think we to the second. I think if, like, a George Pickens falls in the second to the second or whoever, like, the best receiver is on the board at 45, I think we can swing there. I don't think we go receiving the first this, this year. Um, so – um, I think if if like if it's like a team like the Packers, like Bob said, who wants to trade up for a receiver, we could get their twenty second and take Linderbaum and Kyler, or or Linderbaum and Kyler Elam, or if if a Traylon Burks is still there, we could take Traylon Burks and Linderbaum or something like you know. If there's so many, you could go at twenty two and twenty eight, opposed to fourteen. Whereas though you're getting good value at the 22nd and 28th, and we'll still have that 45th pick. So now you still have 45. You have now 22, 28. You had two first rounders. You had a 45th pick in the second, and then you had the third. Like that's like you're picking like four guys who can come in and and be day one guys. Like I feel like that's like the best idea. That's like I for me. You Lamar some help. Thing uh, has started. Yeah, so, yeah, you get, um, like I said, you get Lamar some help, you get um, defense, and then you can turn back around and get Lamar some more help. So, yeah, that's what I do, trade back. All right, G? Yeah, so it really just all depends on who falls on the board for edge rusher to me or just either uh, tackle as well. Like you said, Coach, with Charles Cross or Icky or one of those guys, man. So if they, they're there around 14, I, I, I'll uh, get – you know, JJ eleven or one of those those tackles or one of those things, right? And mm-hmm. then after that, you know, I'll go back into the mid, you know, the mid first or the late first round. And if uh, T bomb is there, you know, Tyler Linderbaum, Linderbaum is there. I, I'll get him obviously. But that's where I'm at. I feel like you know, just you know, this is one of those drafts where we have so many holes to a point where. You know, you just don't, you know, just sit and wait and just and just hope that that player is false to you. If you think, if you feel very confident into uh, a certain player or you know a group of players that you know they're going to be available to you, go get them because I feel like that uh, this is one of those drafts, especially for us, where it's not where it's a luxury. There's nothing about the Ravens right now that's a luxury. Mm-hmm. So everything, there's so many holes to where you have to literally go get what you need. Instead of just hoping that, uh, well, we can get this guy in the third round type of mentality. I feel you. I feel you completely. Aggression. Uh, did I miss anybody on this one? Juice or Bob? Oh, no, you got me, Coach. All right. And me personally, I'm clear. I mean, not Kev, uh, Juice, Juice didn't go. Oh, go, Juice. My bad. Oh, well. Uh... I'm pretty much team trade back because I feel like the draft can be hell. One, if you can stack multiple seconds or back in that first round, you see 
guys like the Packers and the Chiefs, those type of teams that four peaks in between the 22 range and, like, the 40 range so they can, like, really fix all of their needs there. I feel like if we can get there, we can, like, fix all of our needs at one time. You can also get the help for Lamar also while retooling your defense to be the better defense in the year. So I'm with Team Trey back. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm normally with keep the picks, but I would go up if if you if you got Stingley, Cross, or Sauce still on the board at, at 10, I start trying to make my way up to make sure I get one of them three guys, My yeah, me personally. And that's probably saying that it's probably um, Gardner and um, and Steen is probably going to be the only two that can be in there because I'm sure Cross will be gone soon. Uh, third question. What, if any, position should we double up in this upcoming draft? With? So I would say that's a really – uh, Coach, I, I want to try to reaffirm myself on uh, using curse words, but man, too many positions to really say not. Nah, well, shoot, what can't we not double up in? Because at the end of the day, when you look at ass rusher, you know, we're, we're, we're lacking, you know, stability there, to be honest with you, unless you want to trust uh, Jalen Ferguson. I refuse to call him Sack Daddy. Dalen Hayes is, has always had an injury record since Notre Dame. Uh, so and then you go kick into the other side of the ball with tackle, where we're literally depending on guys that are coming off of health issues for majority of them. So I'll probably just the, it's a process of elimination. I'll probably I would say uh, pass rusher and a slight early second. It's probably the secondary due to, or the corner spot due to just a lack of depth. But I'll probably go pass rusher just all because of just of how the board is stacked against us due to the draft. So, so two age guys. Oh, he timed out. So basically, he won two age guys. Let's go with um, Juice. You next. What, what should we double up on? If we should double up on at all. If uh, I think corner, not necessarily the secondary as a whole. But corner, because corner is extremely thin. You got Marcus Peters coming off of ACL, Marlowe off of torn pick. Really, you signed Kevin Seymour and Robert Jackson, but you still need quality at that position. So I think getting two more corners, uh, doubling up at corner, would really solidify. Kev? Uh, Garnett stole it for me. Well, not stole it for me, but I was gonna say edge. Uh, for me, I look when I look at the Ravens on, when I watch the games on the eye test. Regardless, if we want to say it's the scheme, how we coaching up the pass rush, we don't get to the quarterback consistently. Then when you watch the playoffs and you just watch other teams that's consistent on getting to the quarterback during the season, it's like man, they consistently get that that pressure, and they they be kind of weak on the back end. But overall, their defenses be better than us. Than ours, so I feel like pressure creates all the problems on the defense. So I feel like we definitely need to get back. We haven't really had like consistent pressure since the year Lamar's rookie year, and then before that, I will say when we had T. Sizzle and uh, Doomerville coming hot off the edge. So we need to get back to that. So I say edge rusher. Gotcha, um, Zeke. Uh, for me, uh, it's. It's the two obvious spots for me to double up on um, would be, I mean, and 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 it's 
kind of like, you know, I, like I said, it's obvious, man. Edge and corner, mm-hmm. um, more so corner for me because I feel like if we draft an edge rusher um, and if we draft an interior defense alignment, so you got away, David Hayes, Todd Bowser, and you have whoever you drafted in maybe the first or second round, and then you have um, your defense alignment, the Calais Campbells, the Matt BK. Mm-hmm. So you got a good solid front. I think that if we get younger there, we add some younger pieces to the guys that's already in the locker room. I feel like you got a solid group of guys. I think corner is probably like more like like in a like thin than anything on the team. And you know, outside of Marlowe and Marcus Peters, man, what do we have? <laughs> what True. do we have? We don't we don't have much of anything outside of Marlowe and Marcus Peters. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with y'all on the – for me, it's obviously corner because, like you just said, my thoughts um exactly. With, behind Marcus and uh, Marlowe, what's what's there? And God forbid neither one of them, you know, get hurt. Then they, we're back in the same boat as we was last year. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Right. So moving on to the next question, which is number five. No, I'm sorry, number four. We'll start off – I think that's DeMar just young thing. We'll start off with DeMar. What is your biggest complaint about the Ravens organization? Uh, they're complacent. Explain. Explain your reasons for saying that. Like we don't make no splashes, bro. Like we, it's like we rather we'd rather sit back, you know, and be uh, cautious about everything instead of going and like pursuing big moves that can like impact stuff right now. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Just, just. Making them headlines, so to speak. Some headlining moves, rather. Go ahead, Zeke. Uh, for me, um, the, the, my one complaint about the organization um, is probably the um, – it's going to sound crazy, but I feel like they brainwash people uh, <laughs> to thinking, like, you know, med- mediocrity is okay. Um just being just doing enough to get by is okay. Um, I feel like as of lately that's been kind of the 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 Ravens way of doing things. Um we're gonna play some band aids over this, over that, and we're gonna do just enough to be competitive, not necessarily to dominate. Um <clears throat> and just not and, and realizing that as a football team, um you see you you look at your team and then you look around the NFL and, and you're just like, you know, we're going to win it our way. We're going to do it the Ravens' way. And it's almost like, dude, at the end of the day, it's like times have changed. Times are changing. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that way of doing things is is, 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 is over with, man. It's 2022. Bro. Going in, it'll be 2023 soon. And you're still trying to win <laughs> your way, and you're not trying to conform in any type of way to what to 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 the now of the NFL. It's like, come on, bro. We're not we're not winning like we're not winning like that. We're not. So the, I mean, most, the most defensive battle is, is over with for that. Yeah, man, for real. T. Uh, Wes, what's, what's your biggest complaint about the Ravens organization? I think all of us have hit it. Complacency, being blind. Uh, just living off the past success and thinking that we can just get away with uh, average play at other positions, positions due to 
the quarterback being able to bail us out on multiple occasions. So I guess complacency as well. Gotcha. Uh, Kev? Yeah, I think on this one, all of us, our shit's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just haven't, they just don't adapt. Like, we just, we got, like, we do, we do things like the way we think is the way to do it, whether if it's <laughs> the philosophy on the field or just running the ball, playing defense, and rather than us, like, not going out there to big fish and free agency. Like, it's the same thing, same results. I feel like we got this mentality that, like, put out a decent team on paper. But we don't like go all in on nothing. Like we don't go for the gusto to where we like, man, we we finna just go guns blazing and like we don't do no push our chips to the table. Right. We kinda like just put we kinda like just do enough and then just hope we get hot or like hope we like squeak it out or get or some lucky wild crazy stuff happen and get to a Super Bowl. So I feel like we kinda expose that that's like what we what we be doing. So like in poker so, we all we doing is playing we playing uh, the buy-in. We ain't never betting. We just doing the buy-in so we can sit at the table. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like we we sign in mid-level exceptions to free agents, hoping that they turn out to be steals of the free agency. Like you know, we do yeah. stuff like that in the NBA terms. Go ahead, Juice. Yeah, the coach. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Juice. Uh, go ahead. My bad. Well, just just them being being a procrastinator, waiting mm-hmm. too late to get off certain things and not catching up with the league right then when the league is going in a different direction and just staying pat, like Mel said. Like, mm-hmm. staying in your way in, like, the 1990s, because this is 2022, we have to, like, keep a pace if we want to be anything relevant because it'll get away from the fast. Go ahead, G. I, I was just going to say, um, still to this day, is a, a model of what we're talking about. We are the seventh most paid, highest paid office in the NFL, and we're we will struggle right now trying to explain where the hell the money is going. <laughs> like that's that's what I think. That's what all of that that wraps up in a nutshell of where we're at as a whole. I think the worst thing to ever happen, to be honest, the best and worst thing to ever happen was for our boy Lamar Jackson go off in 2019, where we ended up being 14 and two. Mm-hmm. Now that the team thinks that we can just get away with the Willie Sneeze, the Seth Roberts of the world, and now all of a sudden, or, you know, it's one of those things where we literally it calls them, oh, yeah, we can just get away with Miles Boykin. We're good. You know what I mean? It's like we all we needed was an X receiver, and then we just, like, kept on, all right, we can get, we sent him watching. He, he should be good enough. You know what I mean? And that's what's the perfect example of what all of us are saying at once. Yeah. Um, now. But so won't we just a ton, just negative, negative, negative? What do you think the Ravens do good at as an as an organization? Now I I start with that one. I just think they have, they have probably one of the best structured organizations. Like it's almost the same faces, you know. If you're if so, if you've been fortunate enough to stay with the Ravens for seven eight years, you're probably seeing a lot of the same faces. So as for structure, and um, um. Just guess that that family atmosphere. I really think they do present that for um, anybody that works for them. Juice. I think uh, what they do positive, uh, like you see, having it being a family organization and everything like that. But them giving certain young guys a chance, 
like your third and fourth and some undrafted guys because mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a stat where the last few years the Ravens have had like some of the most homegrown players in the league, and I think that's just a testament to how they've uh, been over the years. True that. True that. Kev? Uh, honestly, for me, I like that we – I like our reputation. Like, I feel like around the NFL world, like, we've uh, got one of the best organizations. I feel like um, like we have, like, some cats that, like, might maybe complain about not being used right in certain systems, but I feel like we never really hear players getting, like, bad-mouthing, like, our team, like, you know, the front office, our culture. Like, basically, I feel like we – kind of we wanted the better got some of the most stability in the league so i would say like i just like our reputation overall like low-key gotcha Demar. um i guess you could say we loyal but it kind of holds us back at times so it's kind of like a well, I don't know what you would call that. But, like, you know, like, we keep people like Bonds around and stuff like that. So I guess we can say we loyal to the people that, you know, mm-hmm. we draft and stuff like that to a certain extent. Like, even keeping Miles Blinken around as long as we did. But I don't know. I, I guess that's what I rock with. I, I, can't look I woke up to the, the Miles Blinken thing, and I really thought it was, you know, a joke because it just randomly cut them. So, obviously, you, you kind of give it away. You know a receiver is in there somewhere. Uh, next week, at some point, <laughs> you showing your hand to me, um, Zeke. What you think? What the, What does the Ravens organization do right? What I what one thing I like about the uh, Baltimore Ravens is they like like Demar said they loyal. Um, it's a double edged sword with their loyalty, but um, I, I you know I I think you know they it's like a family. You know they there's not too many organizations that's gonna you know pay a guy who just, you know, a backup guy, you know, a certain type of contract that just had, like, you know, a career, a possible career in the injury. Not too many organizations that's going to do that, especially if it's not like the star player, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so just little things like that just tell you uh, they're big on humility, man. I, I will say that the Ravens are really big on humility. They they um, they um they do care. Um uh, They've given, you know, guys like Taylor Young. So it's like those certain things with the organization, you know, I, re- I respect it. I respect it to a degree. So, yeah. Wes? You, you said me, Coach? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Coach, I ain't going to lie to you. I've been literally trying to full search what I'm going to say right now because <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm running. I don't have that many answers right now. But, uh, I'll say this, um, the Ravens organization has literally, I'll say, they, they're willing to, uh, you know, go against the grain, obviously, with the whole Lamar thing, which is awesome, right? Uh, also, I'll say that EDC is trying to, you know, adapt to a new philosophy where he is uh, willing to give those freak of nature tier tier one potential guys like Oway and go get them in the first round trade up. The, well, obviously we traded away uh, OBJ Zeus Jr. to to go get him, but he's showing that I'm willing to uh, you know 
you know, take a chance on those type of guys. So one thing about this Ravens organization that I see that's happening, even with Bateman, it's one of the things where, you know, we're willing to pull the trigger draft-wise for guys that could potentially be difference makers. You know what I mean? I don't know how many guys we drafted from Minnesota before. Like, I think that might, he might have been the first one. So I, I give us a regular organization. It's like I think they're, they're willing to to take chances on players that are, you know, you know, you know that that would be out of their own character. I'll say that. Gotcha. Now, this, I'm going to throw this right back at you. I need just one answer. What is the one thing, G, that you would like to see done different? Stop penny pitching these draft picks and go after guys at free agency that could get you a Super Bowl. The translation, F them picks, go get players. Yes, sir. Go okay. go, go get guys that can get them. <laughs> Zeke, what was the one thing you'd like to see done different? Man, the same thing, man. Like, stop, uh, you know. I think people, and I know these people say this a lot, oh, yeah, you guys are saying the Ravens are cheap. We went out and signed Marcus Williams and X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, that's great. Like, I like the move, but, like, the Ravens still got a way of, like, making moves like that, and it still feel like it's not enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, they'll make a move like that, and you'll be like, wow. But then you start looking, thinking back, and you're like, but they still – they still ain't do this. They still ain't do that. They still ain't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it almost makes me feel like that. that's why I understand why people, certain people were saying that Marcus Williams was like a safe signing in mm-hmm. a sense. You know, I don't think he was, but it's like, I get it because it's like, they're not, they're not bringing in any, like Marcus Williams is a great safety, but they're not bringing in anybody that's like, that's, like they haven't brought in nobody to me that now I feel like that's going to take us over the hump. Mm-hmm. I feel like Marcus Williams is going to make our secondary better, but is it necessarily going to warrant us to win in a Super Bowl? If that makes any sense. Like, yeah, Marcus Williams sense. coming in, does that, yeah, does that, like, warrant a Super Bowl? You know what I'm saying? Like, go get that. Go get, like, when, well, Hopefully that and whatever they do with all them picks, whether it be pick them or, you know, use them, you know, to get somebody. Hopefully it should be enough. Hopefully. Yeah. Sure. Like you, you said something earlier in the process. For us to get like that much better, we have to have the O line and older O lineman costs. It's better to to have young guys and try to develop them. You get an O lineman on the second, third contract, that'll almost break your team. Kev, what you think? Second contract. Honestly, for me, I want us to go ahead and. Uh, yeah, that's a transcendent player on offense outside of Lamar. Lamar is a transcendent player. I feel like we need another one on offense, whether that's – I wouldn't even say a running back because I wouldn't say whether it's a running back or what. I want it to really just be a pass catcher. I feel like certain players demand certain type of respect. I feel like, yeah, we got up-and-coming cats like Hollywood. Okay, I would say – put it to you like this. We would have got DeAndre Hopkins – and had him with Hollywood, like, our offense would have been on another level right now. So I just feel like, honestly, man, you know, I know we got the Greg Roman offense style of offense and all, but I still would just want that 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 type of player just off how you would have the game plan for our offense outside of Lamar. You know what I'm saying? What I mean by that? 
True. So true, I true. feel like if we if we went and did that, that'd like take a lot of pressure off Lamar, and then it just like it'd be a different ball game, and it'd open up everything else. That's that's what I would like to see. All right, uh, Juice. Um, not being afraid to move off certain certain things, whether that's a coach, a player, a scheme, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Don't wait to don't wait till it's too late. If it's gotcha. not working, you see it's still not working. Go ahead and get away from it. I feel you on that, Demar. Oh, I mean, it's real easy for me. Like, I just feel like we need to get out our own way. I'm pretty sure everybody in here know how I feel about you know our receiving core and things like that. Like, you're not about to tell me that Hollywood go from a consistent 1,000-yard receiver averaging close to 20 yards in college, and then he just come here and, like, lose all his talents. True. And then, like Jamil said, like, a while ago, if Bateman was in the SEC, we wouldn't even have him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how talented he is. And, like, after this year, I felt like we should have, like, it, the writing was on the wall. Like, we got weapons, and we should have moved on Roman, like, to get – somebody in here to utilize them weapons. But, I mean, kind of like you said, we just, you know, we holding on. We we too late. We late to the party. Like, Roman mm-hmm. should have been done this year, and we should have been transitioning. So, I just feel like we got to get out of our own way. And that's, that's me. That's, my thing is change the style. Just change the style. I mean, and if that means changing coordinators, so be it. No, there's no disrespect to Roman. It's just I think Lamar's past that offense right now. And, you know, it makes him look bad when he's running around trying to get the ball down the field on his own and the concepts don't even, you know, fit what he want to do. So now it looks like – well, now it looks like he does force the ball to Hollywood and to um, to um, Andrews. So it is what I think is Roman. Roman needs to – and even if they fire him during the season, it's still going to hurt because then you got to adjust to a new person in the middle of the season. So it would be best to just – if you start with him, stay with him and, you know, Make that run. Uh, the next one. What would you like to see? No, that's the same thing. Sorry about that. Um, your favorite Ravens memory. Your favorite Ravens game, a memory, or a play. Give it to me, Jamal. Uh, oh, I got one. Oh. Hey, man, my hey, my favorite play, man, hey, is when Ed picked that, uh, took that 108 yards back on the Eagles because I was watching that game. Like, that joint had me lit. I don't know why, but that was like, my favorite play that, for me, you know what I'm saying, like just watching him do that, that was my favorite play. It was it was so dominant. Whenever he got the ball in his hand, punt return, interception, fumble return, Ed's trying to put that thing in the house. Um, who's this? Okay, what's your favorite? Man, I know this dude is hated in the Ravens flock. We, people, people wouldn't put him out if he was on fire. But for me, it was when Bernard Pollard knocked out Steven Ridley. That was that solidified us going to the, to the Super Bowl right there. All of Lee Evans dropping the ball, Billy Cundis from Antonio Brown catching the ball off the side of his helmet on fourth and seventeen. To all those years of Peyton Manning putting us out with the Colts and the Divisionals, two years prior to that, that five year run, the heartbreak, it was all it was all <laughs> celebrated with that hit. When 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 Pollard knocked out really, we shut the door on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and we opened exercised our demons. And once we beat New England, I knew we was going to host that, hold up that Lombardi. So that right there, that play right there was probably the most underrated play, but like probably the most impactful play. Because when we recovered that, 
that what two plays later we Joe went up top to Bowden and that's when he pointed at McCordy on the ground laughing at him. That, mm-hmm. that was ball game right there. That was ball game. But that, that's why he's my favorite player. Funny, funny things. Uh, Ridley is from my hometown, but he didn't he didn't play for us. He played at the uh, the little academy. He would use the average like fifty uh-huh. carries a game. And he was by far the best athlete in town. I was over there playing with them cats, just running up and down the field with them. But so you know, got to LSU when you got to the league. No, I, that, that, it was it was a little thing. So my mine was um <laughs> was the game in Denver because I thought it was over with. The my was the calling the mile high miracle when he threw the ball to Jacoby. That that to me was that was just straight blessing. There's no amount of coaching or football IQ. That was just we were blessed for somebody to kind of blow a coverage just enough for Jacoby to get behind him and Joe saw him. And to me, I thought the game was over. And for them to hit that and then continue on that run, that was my favorite. What about you? Um, what was that, Zeke? Um, so for me, man, my memory, I had two, two real quick. My memory is when Flacco hit Jacoby Jones for that touchdown in the Super Bowl. When he stepped up, man, he threw that, man, he, that, that ball was, was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Jacoby got up, he spent out of there and, it was like backyard football for the Kobe Jones. Once he got up off the ground, it was crazy, bro. And then the dance in the end zone was crazy. So, and my, but my my favorite rate that's a memory. But my favorite rate like play or something that's like is is present, man. Lamar Jackson against the Bengals in 2019, bro. Mm-hmm. That run. Oh my gracious, that run is going. And I know people are like, oh man, you know. Don't 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 glorify his runs. He's a quarterback. I get it, you know. But I'm not gonna be that person that just that that's gonna pretend like that kid like that Lamar is not special when it comes to running the football. Right. That run, bro, against the Bengals was different. That reminded me of the the remember the Barry Sanders run versus the Patriots when he kept spinning. Yeah. That that's that's one of the yeah. iconic runs I like that, that that you'll never forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Who I'm missing? That's, that's, Who I'm missing on his memory? Uh, G or Demar? Which one of y'all missing? It's on G. I think Demar already went. Yeah. So since since we're talking about runs, um, I just I, my favorite man. This run still lives rent free in my head all day every day. Laron McClain in Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. Bro, like the fact that Willis McGee already just busted off for a seventy-plus yard run and then a fullback, actually athletic fullback at that, right. broke an 82-yard run. Come on, man. Bro, like, I, I won $80 that night off a of bet, but other than that, man, like, it's crazy, man. Come on, we're talking about a fullback doing something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I was able to talk so, much, talk, much, talk so much shit after that game, boy. Like, a bunch of the people from my town, or Cow- either Cowboys or Saints fans, and shh. As he was running the touchdown, saying, bye bye, shut this motherfucker down, bye. <laughs> that was, that was a great run. Hell yeah, it was. It's, just, it's, it's something about it's, it's the fact that, like, you let you let our fullback break ADRs on y'all. You know what I mean? That's how you know you can talk some mess. Mm-hmm. And this is the last question, and it's one of the most heated debates in our little group. And, and uh, let's see, I'm going to start with you, Juice. And this this is me being messy too. Ed or Ray, and why? Probably Ed. 
My favorite regular all time is real food, but probably it just because of Tom Brady. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady literally had a thing on his play call sheet, and he says, find 20 on every play. <laughs> I know as impactful Ray is, you can get more impactful than that when you're having the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback saying, look for you every play. Not just one play, every play. So that's probably the greatest Ravens in the history. Zeke, Ed, Ray, why? Oh, man, this is tough, bro. This is so tough. But I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Ray Lewis because he is part of the – he's probably not only just with impact and influence, um, but he's probably – he is the biggest reason why I became a Ravens fan. So, you know, I it's like that when you when you factor in that and how great of a player he was, bro. It's like Ray Lewis is just I gotta go with Ray Lewis, man. Like and that, and that's not that's no that's no knock to Ed. Ed was amazing, best safety of all time in my opinion. I just yeah. feel like when we're talking about the two players and what they did for, you know, um, what they did. And then I think, I think also with me, what, what kind of leads me, leads me to Ray Lewis is because he finished his career in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Opposed to, yeah, Ed Reed, he, he had, he left and, you know, and it's not his fault he left, but it's like, he didn't even retire in a Ravens jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. well, he did. He probably did, but he didn't finish his career as a Baltimore Raven. Right. He went on and played with like two teams: Houston and uh, New Jersey. I mean, New York, New York Jets. All right, um, Kev, Ed, Ray, why? Y'all, y'all, let me tell y'all something, man. I love all y'all, but y'all crazy as hell. Need to be drug tested if it's not. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is numero uno, head honcho, chief. You know, he, he's number one. I'm going to tell you why. Ed Reed, greatest safety of all time. But Ray Lewis is the greatest linebacker of all time, middle linebacker. And when you, when you, when that top 100 list of all time players, who was Ray Lewis was in the top 15? It, it oh was God. one of them things, man. Yeah, Ray Lewis. I'm going to so what he did, he played, what, 17 years at middle linebacker. He had great, like, this This is no knock on Ed. I love Ed's one of my top five athletes of all time. But he played more years than Ed, than Ed got more accomplishments than Ed. And Ed has a whole list of accomplishments. Like, it's, it's what, 64 touchdowns with nine defensive touchdowns. Um, he got the record for the longest interception return back. He got – Top to bottom, flawless uh, resume. But, man, I don't think people – well, people realize how great Ray Lewis was, but Ray Lewis, he is Baltimore. When you think of Ray, the, the Baltimore Ravens, you're going to think of Ray Lewis, period. Whether that's Lamar Jackson on that roster, whether Ed Reed was on that roster, Suggs, any of them cats, you're going to think of Ray Lewis. The impact, what he bought, and I'm going to keep it real. No, We won't win that championship if uh, Ray Lewis – then come back with that last ride. That might, that did something to our team's psyche. I don't think no other player, we, we would have did that in that situation right there. And I just feel like, man, you know, Ray Lewis was the best linebacker in the league from when he came in. 
And I still think he was, the last two years, he was still even better than Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis was younger and hotter and all that, but it was like pound for pound, Ray Lewis was still the best middle linebacker until he went out and went out. And I felt like, you know, our teams were similar built. We beat, uh, we beat the Niners. He beat Patrick Willis. Uh, I, man, Ray Lewis is just like, he's a big part of the reason why I'm a Raven, man. I love Ray Lewis, man. I feel like Ray Lewis took a little flack because he said a little, the little comments with Kaepernick and, you know, we was all on the whole, everybody was on the Black Lives Matter train and his reputation took a little hit for that. So I feel like a lot of people don't like the person and they discredit his impact and what he was as a player. But Ray Lewis, when you, he is the Raven. So that's just where I'm going to leave it at with that. No disrespect gotcha. to Ed, though. Gotcha. There's no disrespect either way because both of them great. Uh, DeMar, who you got, Ed or Ray? Oh, man. All right, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Ed, Ed is my favorite Raven, right? Of all, well, shit. But neither one of them is even the reason why I'm a Raven fan. Like, I'm a Raven fan because of Jermaine Lewis. That that might be odd, but I was, like, real big in the kick returns and punt returns and stuff back in the day. But anyway, I'm going to have to go with Ray, though, because like Kev said, man, Ray is the heart and soul of it. You know what I mean? He's the heart and soul of Baltimore. And then it's like they both made high IQ plays, but it's just one play that just I'll just never forget, man. When Ray blew that joint up uh, on Darren Sproles in the backfield mm-hmm. when that wasn't even his assignment, I was just like – and he just said, man, that's film. That's just film. Like, I just – I was like, man, this man just he's, he's just out of this world. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got to go with Ray, though. I, I got to go with Ray. Make perfect sense. G? Hey, um, Coach. Go ahead. Uh, before y'all go, I want to say, um, Drew said something about Belichick saying, where's 20 at? Uh, it was a thing I posted in the chat like two weeks ago. Peyton Manning said Ray Lewis was the smartest and the best defender he's ever played against. So it was like they both got that label of being the smartest players on the field, quarterbacks on the field. So it was like, you know, that speaks for itself, you know? Yeah. I, I, did, I saw that at some event he said that. I did see that. Did, did you go? Nah, I ain't go, man. Go ahead. Oh, Ray, Ed, Ray, why? Oh, <laughs> so, so, hey, Kev, I love you, dog. But uh, so if you was talking to a younger teenage, about, you know, I would say teen, I would say adolescent, all the way to like twenty year old. G, he would have said Ray Lewis, no questions, right? But the older you get, you start to realize like how special Airy was when it comes to the, when you start viewing the analytical view. The dude literally could have been an all pro player off of special teams alone for blocking punt. Actually, he got a punt return on his belt, but they didn't let him. Uh, after that, with some punts, for some more reason, after 2007, like he did so many games, so many things great all around. But they just like you know, we're just gonna keep playing free safety. So it was just, it was just weird, man. Um, but yeah, the older I got, I I, I lean towards Ed Reed, man. Like so, I got both of their jerseys. Actually, I got two Ray Lewis jerseys, a game worn jersey and an autographed jersey, uh, in my house of Ray Lewis. So the respect is always there, but. Something about Ed is just different, man. Like, you don't like, – put it like this. We've we, we seen the Luke Keekleys of the world. We've seen the Packer Willis. We've seen a lot – Bobby Wagner. We've seen a lot of great, great linebackers that that just, you know, that have actually just, you know, revolutionized the game as well as, you know, but it's not on the same level as race. Don't get me wrong. But 
it's one of those things where you'll never, ever, 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 ever find another Ed Reed. In my, in my little 30-second rant about this, is just the dude just literally changes the game in so many different ways. It's almost like, you know, if you mess up with 20, it's like a Marcus Peters effect. Like, if you make a, a, a hesitant mistake and, you, and your pump fake does not work, you already lost. Well, you just threw a touchdown the other way. And, and that's the biggest thing about Ed Reed to me is just it, he's so methodical and it's so scary in so many different levels that it's just one of those things where, like, it's not only, oh, my God, he got an interception. I got to run my butt to the sideline, get ready to cut off the cutback so he won't get me so he won't score a touchdown. Like, it, it's just the craziest thing in the world to me what Ed can do at any time, any moment, man. Like, the older I got, the older I got, I started to realize, like, how crazy for it to come, you know, to, to do the pump fake, know that pump fake man's going to do a pump fake, and then cut that right off from hash to hash to get that interception. Man. It's just so much homework you have to do. Ed, I mean, Ray Lewis does the same thing at the linebacker position, but I just think it's so much crazier to do it at the safety let alone he can play in the box as well. So it's like the versatility also with the special teams too, man. It's just you get a complete player. And for me, it's – Hey, Coach, Coach, I wanted to add one last thing. Go ahead. Ain't no player ever made me actually want to, like, play the game. Like, before before the game would start, Ray would have me ready to go run outside and play some football. <laughs> man, I ain't going to lie. Ray Lewis, and, like, he's yeah. speaking in the special teams and all that. Like, all that's true, though, but Ray Lewis probably – is the most motivational player, it's like influential, however you say it, you know, I ain't the Absolutely you know, smartest guy in that room. But in the whole sports, in sports period, like he's top two, three in history of sports to me in that. So you yeah. add that on top of his talent on the field and his brain. And I feel like Ed was a savant in Miami. Like he was a dog in Miami. So I'm not going to say Ray help us. I felt like Ray impacted that too with Ray with Ed coming to Baltimore too in a way. But Ed was that dude before in Miami too. So I'm a Hurricane fan. You know, me and you, G, we '88 baby. So yeah, that's our yeah, era baby. right hey, there. So hey, you know, hey, what I'm hey, saying Kev, I'm right there with you. But like, you got one dude who has a silver tongue and just a motivational speaker, while the other dude he he is he ain't like that. It's just one of those things where we understand it's just complete different type of personality. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say the older I got, I started to realize like, holy crap, Henry is that dude. Like it's just I think that's what I think that what coach is about to lead on to next. Yeah, I was just gonna say for me it's 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 um Ed because he did to me he was more impactful. Over a shorter time period, like because I think somebody said he uh, Ray played seventeen years for us, and you know Ed played what twelve, I think if twelve, and then finished with somebody else. But I just think any time he touched the ball, that was a chance to put six points on the board for the defense. And we all know that if the defense scores, your chances of winning go up. And not to say I I think Ray is bad. I think all those other aspects of it, the, the leadership, the you know the vocal, the um, motivational stuff he do that that counts as far as being the greatest at your your team. But Ed was like that too. It's just once he got to Baltimore, there was no need for him to continue to be that that rah rah guy because that was Ray. So he knew to kind of take that step back, let Ray handle it, and you know I'm just gonna dive into the ball and work just as hard as him. So you know it's it, it whichever one you pick, you can't go wrong. But I just like to. 
to throw that that discussion out there because we all had different answers as to why we pick which guy. But both of them great players. I think both should have statues out there. Uh, potentially the best at their position. And um, it's just it's a great debate. It's, I like this debate, debate better than Jordan and LeBron debate, even though Kobe should be in there too. What y'all think about that? Uh, me personally, don't get me started on Kobe. I feel like Kobe's <laughs> better than LeBron James. Uh, let's, let's, let's just break this down, Coach. Uh, I'm going to say it like this. Kobe's a better mid-range shooter, a better post player, a better three-point shooter. LeBron, everybody act like he got handles. LeBron don't have no handles, man. He don't have no handles. He ain't out here crossing people up. He ain't doing none of that. Kobe had better handles. Only thing LeBron do better offensively than LeBron than than uh than LeBron do better offensively than Kobe is pass the ball. Now defense, I give LeBron the edge on defense because he can sit in it. Kobe was a lockdown defender too, but mm-hmm. LeBron, I probably never in his prime, I never seen nobody sit in a chair and just lock people up the way LeBron can do using his size and athleticism. But um, outside of passing, rebounding, and going to the hole with a full head of steam, he don't do nothing better than Kobe Bryant on a basketball court. I don't know, I'm, y'all might think I'm biased. I'm from L.A. and I done been to about 30 Laker games and seen Kobe play in person about 20, 30 times. Kobe's our god out here in L.A. So I know y'all probably thinking I'm sucking a little pipe right now, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm just be honest. You spin your truth. Well, so for you, yeah, Kobe first for you. Kobe. I, I, I mean, honestly, I fell in love with Jordan and basketball. It's like y'all might call me crazy for saying this. Kobe and Jordan are one and the same. Kobe was a little more had more range than Mike, but Mike was just a little more efficient. Well, they're literally kind of like one A one one A one B to me. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Same player, different Kobe time zone. A little more range though. Yeah, Kobe had a little more range. He was better at the three ball than Mike. Demetri. Both could lock you up. Yeah. I think that was the only difference between them. The Kobe had more range. That's the only difference. But, you know, LeBron hey. is not the GOAT. I kind of feel like he overrated a little bit to me. Ooh. That's just me, though. But this is what we're going to do, fellas. Um, <laughs> so after the draft, we're going to reconvene here, and then we'll have a, a legit topic to like to go in you know, and – Tell what we like about them, what we don't like about them, what we should have did, what we shouldn't have did. So just kind of get your thoughts together for, um, you know, hopefully we can shoot for that Monday after the draft for everybody to have a chance to see the picks and probably look up some of the guys and see what they're about. And we can come back and talk about them. We can praise them or, or shoot them down, whatever we want to do in two weeks. That'll work. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm down. So, hey, just me. Oh, this is a good conversation. I like it. Appreciate it. What you say, G? He's doing a little shameless little plug over here. Are you doing a draft show? I'm a, because I'm be, I'm gonna be practicing, and I don't think I'm gonna be home in time to get set up before like stuff jump off. I'm just gonna jump in there with Ken now. Okay, okay, awesome. Yeah, because I don't hey, like I'm, I'm going to a new job, so I don't know what time I'm gonna be to get home and whatnot. Go ahead. Who the person you don't want? The, the, that you absolutely do not want us to drive. I'm the one that asks all y'all that honestly. <laughs> Penny. Who? Trevor Penning. You said my opinion? No, Trevor. You said you said the guy you, you want us to not draft? That's like your yeah. Trevor Penning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, him and Carl Loftus is one of my – those are my two. <laughs> STD. 
FTD, baby. Oh, man. Hey, I'm trying to be symptom free over here. Hey, is he like is he like a dripped STD or he swell you up? Like, you know, Carl Loftus yeah. sound like he swell up. It sound like you would swell up with the Carl Loftus stuff. <laughs> Let me stop the record.